right, welcome back to On the Streets. I'm Jordan O'Rada, your host today, and with me is our guest, Michelle Whaley, a clinical nurse specialist in stroke who used to be my colleague here at Swedish and has since moved down to Sky Ridge. We're going to talk about being in the future, artificial intelligence, technology, and how it's changing medicine and stroke specifically. Welcome. Thank you for being with us. Hey, thank you. So let's start. What are we, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about an artificial intelligence program or app that can identify a large vessel occlusion stroke and notify the members of the stroke team at a given facility or within a given practice of physicians. And how new is this? Is this something that you're still learning, that we're just developing, or it's full force? Where are we at? Well, it's definitely in full force. There are a couple of companies out there that have artificial intelligence software. The first one is Rapid. That's a program that some of the Denver area hospitals are using. And then there's VizAI, which is the app that we've adopted here in the Health One market, you know, in Denver, where, you know, it not only can identify large vessel occlusions, but there are other apps that are in development like that could be, you know, used to identify an aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhage, could be used to identify the size and location of an actual intracerebral hemorrhage and, you know, can alert teams based on algorithms about specific patients and their locations. And then it also can have a broader reach where other outreach smaller hospitals that partner with us, we can be on the lookout for those patients as well. And that's, so in the metro area here, we're very fortunate. We have a ton of resources and you can't throw a rock without hitting a great hospital with great services. It seems like getting earlier recognition for these outreach sites is a huge opportunity. So we know if someone's flying in for maybe a stroke alert, we see that all the time. But now we actually have the imaging. The artificial intelligence has already pinged us and said, hey, we're worried about this site here. Then our interventional radiologist, stroke doc can take a peek at it, confirm it, and be ready for procedure as soon as they hit the door? Is that kind of how we hope this works or how it works? Yeah, that's how we're seeing it work right now. I'll talk a little bit about outreach first, and then I'll talk about the impact that we really saw at Skyridge. You know, we've been working on our outreach partners with their software, so their PAC system where images are uploaded kind of to a cloud. We're getting those images and putting them through this artificial intelligence app. So I think of like a place like Scott's Bluff. They're a partner hospital of ours. They were one of our earliest sites that we kind of added to our Viz catalog. And if a patient is in Nebraska, for example, that comes in with a, a stroke symptoms and gets particular sets of images done, if that patient alarms that there's a large vessel occlusion, that may be before even a neurologist in Denver is aware the patient even is at a hospital in Scotts Bluff. So that gives us an opportunity to reach out to, you know, talk with the teams and see what, you know, things might be offered to that particular patient. Interesting. That seems like uh, might make some physicians nervous about job security. <laughs> well, that's for another discussion. Um, <laughs> I suppose and, the technology can't do a procedure, right? <laughs> well, I, I had a conversation with the CMO at Skyridge about that, and he's a radiologist by trade. And he said, well, that's why I'm a CMO now, because, you know, artificial intelligence is going to be an issue. All kidding aside, he said, really, you know, I think for him, it was breast cancer detection software. And it wasn't that it made the diagnosis, it just put the patient at the top of the pile to be looked at first. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Interesting. 
And so if we're talking about this in relation to EMS, are they going to see an impact from this immediately? Or might we see this type of technology bleeding out onto the ambulance, having a paramedic with this in their pocket at some point in the near future? I don't know about it being in the pocket of the EMS provider in in the near future, but I think it's within the realm of possibility. I think where the benefit will lie is after the patient arrives to a hospital. So if we use Skyridge, for example, you know, I have a stroke program and I have dedicated specialists at our facility, but then I also work with neurologists, neurointerventionalists that work up here at Swedish, or they might be over at Lutheran. They're spreading their wings also throughout the metro area. So there are times when I may be the person with a neurologist on the telemedicine camera working up a patient and the neurologist may log off telemedicine, but I still have a patient here with me. If that app alarms that there's a large vessel occlusion, I know that suddenly all eyes are back on my patient. And what we saw at Skyridge was once Viz was installed, we dropped our door to groin puncture times or door to procedure times by 24 minutes on average, which is a huge decrease in time. It's hard work to shave off minutes. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we celebrate mm-hmm. one minute, two minutes. That is spectacular. Yeah, and you know what we've been looking at now is you know how can we further leverage this to communicate So within the app itself, there's a way for me to see if a neurologist or an interventional neuroradiologist has looked at a set of images. I can text all the providers that are logged in and say, you know, this patient just had a neuro change or um, team is on their way or, you know, there's a way that we can communicate within that app. The other cool thing is that not just physicians are on this platform. We have our IR team, our supervisors on the call list. Same thing with the ED nursing director. So when Viz alerts, all those people are starting to get their wheels in motion to make sure that we don't waste any time getting the patient to the angio suite. So an EMS provider might see this in a follow-up report that patient had a good outcome because our process was tight and we got the clot out quickly. You know, every minute that goes by, you lose 2 million neurons. So that 24 minutes matters. Yeah, it's a lot of neurons. <laughs> it's a lot of neurons. 24 minutes. Yeah. As you talk about this, I'm imagining like a critical care transport crew from Scott's Bluff bringing a patient either by flight or by ground, hauling butt across the state, getting to higher level resource. Is there an opportunity for them to be alerted and be able to maybe change the kind of treatment they're doing, figure out maybe we want to increase the blood pressure, decrease the blood pressure, do something like that with a higher level field provider? Yeah, it's possible, especially like if you're using it with like a critical care transport crew that's based at the hub hospital, like a Swedish, you know, to be part of that communication. I could see it working really well to have a flight nurse be able to text the the team to say patients had a neuro change with a blood pressure under 160, and this is the action we've taken. That alerts the team on the ground that, you know, this patient has some fluctuating neuro changes based on blood pressure and maybe location of thrombus. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities when this becomes more mainstream. Yeah. Well, it's super exciting to be kind of Mm -hmm. on the leading edge of this, especially with the amount of resources we have in in our network to work with Air Life and to be able to push this out and try to connect more dots and make this care that we give to our patients a little more holistic. Yeah, we have a lot of opportunities in the future. I think all of this should be discussed as possibilities in the future and certainly things that we should consider.
And so how long have you been using this? So we got it installed at our facility, Sky Ridge, back in probably February or March of last year. Okay. So 2019. And so by now you're pretty well versed in it. Mm -hmm. Any weird surprises? Is it catching a lot of things that the docs either weren't catching or is it catching them faster? Is it missing stuff, giving us a lot of false positives? Where are we Well, at? there are false positives, no doubt. And, you know, it, it's a learning software. So every time we catch a false positive, you know, I vet that. So if, if it's alarmed, like right before we got started with this recording... Viz went off and we looked at it and, you know, it's possible it could be something real. In the end, if it turns out to be a false positive, I'm going to notify the company through the app that it was no elbow detected. And then they can go back and look at where the errors were and continue to help the program get smarter. Dr. Wagner, Jeff Wagner, he's a neurologist with Blue Sky Neurology. He's kind of the medical director over this project and he sees some growth in it already. So I'm very positive about it. It's, I think, one of the best things that's happened to our thrombectomy program. That's perfect because right before we pressed record and started this, your phone pinged. We looked at some imaging and we didn't see anything necessarily. There's maybe a vessel that mm -hmm. looked a little bit shadowy. So you're going to give feedback on this as far as, you know, how quickly does that happen? You know, I, this well, is this all new is, to me, so I'm just totally in the dark. Yeah, so learn. this is probably an emergency <laughs> department patient that probably came in with some dizziness. They, you know, weren't necessarily somebody who came in with stroke okay. or stroke-like symptoms, so a stroke alert was not called. But all of our CT angiograms of the head and neck are going through the software. So you are going to get some false positives. And so this patient, of course, wasn't a stroke alert. So it's just one of those sets of images that the software detected something and it's alerted us. And so as we're getting a ton of imaging going through this, mm -hmm. it has a huge opportunity to learn from all these. Absolutely. And rather have a false positive than a false negative. And Correct. we can kind of fine tune it. Yeah. So that, yeah. Well, the neurologists also are becoming so accustomed to using it that just a plain non-contrast CT head, none of those went through the software, right? Because they can't detect a large vessel occlusion. You need an angiogram to do that. But we have gotten so used to being able to use this app to have the images at our fingertips, they want those added in as well. So we're in the process of adding those, which will also be part of that hemorrhage detection software. Okay. So we're speeding up times with this technology. We're getting patients better outcomes as far as time and brain tissue. Are we catching patients that we historically wouldn't have caught, seeing more, you know, fine, small occlusions that we can treat that maybe we wouldn't have historically, or we're just speeding up and getting... I think right now we're just seeing speed, and we're seeing, you know, teams getting to the patient, you know, much more expeditiously. I think we need more cases. At least, you know, at SkyRidge, I think I've got around 40 cases right now that have gone through where I can track how long they stayed in the hospital, what their 90-day outcomes were. Everything in stroke is based on 90-day outcomes. It takes a little time for the brain to recover after an event. And 90 days seems to be that sweet spot in how a patient's going to recover and what we'd consider a great outcome. So I think more to come. We need at least 50 cases and maybe even more to really see if it's made a difference. We're one of the first hospitals that collected data. So, you know, we've been looking at what we can get published. And is this being used broadly across our network here locally, or is it mostly just focused where you are 
since you're kind of the, the key master of this device and <laughs> technology. No, we've got it at all of the Health One hospitals in Denver. So that's number one. It's within all of our hospitals as well as the Wesley Telemedicine Network in Kansas. And then from there, you know, there are additional Health One hospitals that are partner hospitals from a telemedicine standpoint in a seven-state region that are using it. And then we're also hearing of hospital systems in Texas and Illinois as, as other systems come on board and our neurologists may be covering those areas, Viz is also being, you know, installed in those places. So we are too. seeing this really popping up across the country. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it's not this specific program, there are mm-hmm. multiples and all of this is very much becoming our reality. Yeah, there's nothing worse than knowing that a patient had a large vessel occlusion at an outside hospital with very little resources that maybe sat for an extra hour that didn't need to because they didn't have access to expertise to be able to read these images. Whereas the automation at least, you know, can bring attention to that patient wherever they are in our network. Yeah, it just adds a little red flag so we can give it a quick review and either rule them in, rule them out. Yeah. And give that patient a better chance. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yep. Do you... See this working in other things outside of stroke? Uh... Yes, I have a story. (laughs) Uh So right around the time that the COVID crisis cropped up, Viz was working behind the scenes on a chest x-ray type app. And they they put this out probably middle of April. And they were saying, look, this is in a test format, but you're one of our centers. Would you be interested in this? You know, give it to you, right? And you know, we couldn't get ourselves together enough to use it. But as hospitals are figuring all of this out, you know, how do we manage COVID patients to be able to also have access to chest x-rays quickly, to have an app that might detect that COVID appearance in an image or in a CT of the chest. That's, I think, something that could be really helpful to us during these next few waves of COVID. So that's an opportunity. If you're a listener in a hotbed area, you may want to reach out to Viz to see if their chest x-ray software is something that could help your facility. That's, yeah, and I think that's the most exciting thing about medicine and technology. And I mean, I learn something new every day and I'm astounded at how old-fashioned I feel all the time because the world is just moving so much faster than I am. But we're seeing, you know, so many changes in all the kinds of care. And I think this would be applicable to trauma, to, I mean, a ton of different stuff, especially anywhere you're using any interventional radiology, which is a lot of different types of patients. Agreed. Um, What do you think the very next use of this is going to be? I mean, we still has to develop more for stroke, right? We're going to see a lot of benefits from that, but what comes next? I think aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhage. So subarachnoid hemorrhage is part of like the stroke world, but being able to detect an aneurysm could be really helpful too. And we know that patients with subarachnoid hemorrhage, heart risk for rebleeding, at risk for vasospasm, can be at high risk for death. So being able to detect that, especially in some of our rural areas that don't have access to that level of expertise, that could be really helpful. So this does nothing without imaging, right? So this patient has to get into a site with imaging they have to have neuroradiologists or radiologists reading. I mean, this doesn't replace any physician. In fact, the app itself, you know, if you're going to make a true diagnosis, you need to be looking at hospital-based imaging software. This is a tool to bring eyes on a patient. So I know some agencies, some hospital, especially hospital-based ones in different parts of the country have done a mobile CT, right? If you can do an intercept somewhere, semi-rural, 
get a quick image, feed this to Viz AI. Is that going to happen or is that imaging, does that not really count because it's not hospital imaging? Oh, you know, it could count. You know, some of the mobile stroke units have better CT scanners than others. I think the one that I'm aware of that has probably the best grade CT scanner out there from a mobile stroke unit is in Memphis. I think they're attached to University of Tennessee, Memphis, and they can do CAT scan angiograms in the rig. So it's possible if they, you know, those CT scans are being beamed to the cloud. So if you can beam to the cloud, you can beam to a technology like Viz or like Rapid. Yeah, I th- this is just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cool to see new technology, not only in the hospital, but to see it bleeding out and see what potential it has to change the face of pre-hospital medicine, because we've been working in a very similar way for many, many decades. And really in the last decade, I think we've really branched out with everybody having a smartphone in their pocket and all of the technology that goes into that, a lot of opportunity and seeing it trickle down is is really exciting and having it yeah. make positive impacts for patients. Think about how, like, if, let's say this mobile stroke unit that's in Tennessee actually has the ability to do this. Think about how quickly a patient could get to thrombectomy because that mobile stroke unit, they're starting you know, IV alteplase TPA in the rig. They've got an EMS provider. They've got advanced practice nurses on the rig. They have, they call it command central. They talk to the neurologist at the main hospital who gives them guidance, but it's the APN paramedic team that's making decisions about this patient. And they all work together. So the CT technologist and the medic might be assisting with the mixing of TPA after, you know, images are done. You know, it's an all hands on deck type, you know, treatment group. So just think about like if Viz alerted and they were, you know, had the choice of going to two or three different hospitals, you would go to the place that had thrombectomy because you've got that red so quickly. And the docs there potentially have mm-hmm. this technology yeah. as well. And they it's know all theoretical, it's right? I, I'm, right? I'm theorizing they have it, but if they did, you could kind of see how it would all play out. And they probably have something like this. It's a pretty progressive area from an interventional neuroradiology standpoint. So how much time do you think that a scenario like that can shave off of versus traditional 911 shows up, does a stroke assessment, thinks, yes. It's a rule-out stroke. Oh, we'll call yeah. the hospital. We'll get y- there. And- you could have seen call to groin puncture under 60 minutes, whereas right now we're looking at, you know, door of the facility to puncture in 90 minutes or less. Now, comprehensive centers, you know, they've got well-oiled machines. I think about Swedish, right? Their median door-to-skin puncture time is probably anywhere between 32 and 35 minutes. But 75% of their patients come from another hospital. So they have kind of this heads up, right? They're using this technology, patients in the helicopter flying in, team standing there ready. If you're Skyridge, you know, that's an EMS provider has brought the patient to your door. And so that's when your time starts. So if you're that far ahead of the game that a mobile stroke unit has picked you up in, you know, your driveway in metropolitan Houston, and you're fortunate enough to have a mobile stroke unit come pick you up that has this level of CAT scan. And in the future, if they don't already have it, this level of technology, just think about how that's going to shave off time. We're going to be Isn't that out amazing? of a job so soon. We're, there's going to be nothing <laughs> it's for It's going to be Star Trek. <laughs> I'm always afraid that my phone's always listening to me anyway because it's so good at advertising things that I was just randomly talking to my wife about. Somehow it knows, and uh, at least we can put this technology to good use now. (laughs) So thank you so much for for explaining what this is to me. I just heard of it recently. I had no idea what it was, and anytime I hear about artificial intelligence, I still 
think that it's just like a future movie reality, but it's... The sky is the limit. Things and it's actually something that is happening. benefiting patients today. That's cool. Yeah. Any other pearls about this or interesting things for any of our pre-hospital or hospital-based providers? I think the main thing is, you know, COVID has set us back in stroke and cardiac care because patients weren't coming in. I think we all need to get the message out there that, you know, hospitals are safe places to be. You know, you might be out there trying to convince someone that it's okay to come to the hospital. We appreciate the work you're doing there. We can't help people if they don't come in. And so that's the main thing that I, I really want us to all be focused on is recognition of stroke. Number one, getting the patient to a capable hospital, helping the patient understand that it's a safe place to be. And we'll get through this COVID thing together and hopefully continue to treat our stroke patients and our patients who are having heart attacks and appendicitis and all, all of those all the things, all stuff. the normal stuff you should come to the hospital for. <laughs> yes. Please. Yeah. Please. Please. Yeah. If it's an emergency. I, I can't tell you how many times in, in April I sat in an office with no patients and thought, somebody out there is suffering that I can't help. It's a very helpless feeling. Yeah, and all the technology in the world doesn't help that if people Correct. are afraid. Yeah, got to call 911. Yep. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. We're talking about Viz AI, spectacular new product. We're excited to learn more about it and see it evolve, and the sky's the limit, right? Thank you very much. <laughs>